All right, everyone, welcome back to Draft the Universe, the Nerdfight Battle Royale. Last we left off, Chris was in the lead with Ben and Jaffer not far behind. We're going to go ahead and get right into the second round of matches, starting off with Chris versus Ben. Wait, you know that you're Jaffer, right? Yeah, but it's weird. I want everyone to know my voice and my name kind of a thing. I don't want anyone to get confused. Okay. I'm Ben. I'm Chris. Hi, guys. You're in the room with me. Let's get this started. <laughs> We are in the second round. Round two. The first match is Chris versus Ben. The first criteria, introduce a brand new sidekick slash pet for your superhero. The second criteria, who plays a paladin in D&D because, quote, nothing else feels right. Chris, you have first pick. Uh, well, sorry, what was the first topic? Introduce a brand new sidekick and or pet for your superhero. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with my man, um, the Kwisatz Haderach, also known as Mahdi. Mahdi. Also known as Mwadib. His name among us, of course, Paul Mwadib. Um, Paul Atreides. Do you want to explain who that is to all but five people? He's, he's, he's known. If, if, if you don't know already, you soon will, because I came prepared. Okay, I'm just going to say, I am the co-host of a nerd podcast, and I didn't know who he was when you drafted him. There is a 1980s film entitled Dune by David Lynch. That he has disowned. That he has disowned, um, in which uh, the guy who played the agent on Twin Peaks, Kyle McLaughlin? Kyle Lachlan? McLaughlin, Kyle McLaughlin uh, plays Paul Atreides, the young son of Duke Leto Atreides. What? I didn't know that was him. It never clicked. It never clicked? I never saw the two of them <laughs> side by side in my head until this moment. He played the role because he really liked Dune. No, so he plays the young son of uh, Duke Leto Atreides, who is at the time the um, the Duke of the planet Caliban. Um who has been recently awarded uh, fiefdom over the planet Arrakis by course, the Padishah Paul, Paul Emperor. Atreides, um, uh, his life is thrown uh, um, uh, Shaddam uh, in, into chaos Carino when the Duke Leto Atreides is um, betrayed um, by uh, his, his, his doctor, um, a man that has been won over um, or, or um, has been Paul, Paul goes uh, on threatened to have by training, the Baron Harkonnen, um, or rather he has been Jesuit training for his uh, mother. He goes on to learn how to live amongst the freemen, the desert-faring people um, of the planet Arrakis, which is known for its production of melange or spice, um, a geriatric drug which enables the Messiahs to have long life, the um, turns the whites of their um, eyes does this because the Bene Gesserit um, have been there hundreds of years earlier um, and have created this, uh, this false messiah complex with their indoctrination. Uh, which him and his mother, who uh, oh, both survived uh, the uh, attempts to drink the um, so-called slip into life, um, uh, which is uh, water that is emitted from a sandworm uh, when it is drowned, um, 
It is a thing that is used by Bene Gesserit, um, which is... Okay, I'm stopping you. I am stopping uh, you. (laughs) We have gone too far. I'm picking Batman. You know who that is. So, the first criteria. Put the book away, Chris. It has appendices, Ben, which I am going to need in order to address (laughs) these questions. Nobody else brought reference material. damn it. Let me tell you the criteria. Okay. So, the first criteria... Mm-hmm. Introduce a brand new sidekick and or a pet for your superhero. Chris, you have the floor. <clears throat> so, uh, I'm going to take you back to uh, Paul uh, Atreides on the um, the desert landscape of Arrakis. Um, he grows up among amongst the freemen, uh, who are by their nature kind of a place where you don't get a childhood. You're just kind of forced to survive. Um, so I think that Paul Atreides uh, needs to have a a childhood friend or a pet um, to kind of allow him to, to, to be a child. Um, he's growing up very fast. He knows this. Even at a young age, he has, uh, you know, some some prescient dreams. He has the idea that he will become the Messiah at some point. So I think that he carves himself out of desert rock, um, a very crude looking friend, um, which I think he, he calls... Um, uh, Tom um, and him and Tom go on adventures. He's got like a little pocket on the side of his still suit to keep Tom in, in desperate, you know, scenarios. He can take Tom out. He can use him as a weapon. So he's kind of like an all purpose pet who is a rock that Paul Atreides carved because he was lonely. Ben, I have to beat pet rock with Batman. And you don't Wait. get ace the bat hound because he's already made up. no, but what I do get to say is, I believe the history of Batman has shown that when there is not a Robin, the universe seeks to correct itself by creating a Robin. There is al- There always will be a new Robin once the, the current one has grown. And we get to see where society has gone through that new Robin. So, you know, in the 80s, we got our first girl Robin. Uh, recently we had our first black Robin. We have Robins who are good at different things. We have Robins who are smart. We have Robins who are strong. We have, uh, Robins who, uh, are secret Batman bastards. (laughs) Yeah. And Robins who are, um, black sheep of the family and go on to like, uh, harass Batman. And yes, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of Robins. I'm just saying variation. I'm just saying. The universe will always bring us new bat, new Robins to help Batman in his times of need, and I think what we could use right now is our first immigrant Robin, our first Robin who is a first generation American, somebody who was drawn with their family to the bright city of Gotham to make a better life for themselves, and what better way to be embracing and embraced by your new city? than to be embraced by its protector, by the person who is defending uh, Gotham. You have a, a Robin who loves Gotham City because it has accepted them, not because they were thrust into it. Damn, Ben. That's, that's <laughs> fucking compelling. I would read the shit out of that comic. I mean, ignoring the easy... Uh... The easy response to that, which is that um, you, didn't, you didn't make a new sidekick. 
Um, uh, I would point out the fact that, of course, Polytrades is uh, a first generation immigrant to the planet of Arrakis. Um, so, so, so by by definition, his uh, his friend Tom um, is either a stone who's been there since the planet was formed. Which brings which brings Polytrades some much needed um, connection with the planet's uh, initial inhabitants. Or if we go by, uh, you you have the nationality of your birth mother. I think that Tom, uh, the desert stone um, of of Polytrades, would would himself be an Atreides, um, and it is a sidekick from a different planet as well. I know we joke sometimes about oh man, I wish this was a real thing. Ben, your Robin concept fucking solid <laughs> i i really wish that was a real thing i think that is something that would be a very a very powerful message right now along the lines of the new miss marvel um i really appreciate it and i have to give it the point uh agreed <laughs> you'll get no argument from me on that just can like we be funny i i don't mean i i mean we can we can continue pitching like really really great things and, and, and be very hopeful about the future. Yeah. Yeah. But let's, let's be funny. All right. Sorry. It's fine. Well, it's just that Paul Atreides has like literally, um, you know, a, <laughs> a centuries long jihad with billions of casualties ahead of him. And I'm going to need a little bit of flexibility on this. <laughs> um, oh yes. And that's what Batman is known for. His flexibility. flexibility. <laughs> that would actually be Nightwing. But, uh, that was the joke. Uh, Second criteria, who plays a paladin in D&D because, quote, nothing else feels right? Ben, you start. Justice. Chris? Paul Atreides saw um, the outcome of every pertinent event in his life past a certain age. He saw that he was going to become... um, not just the leader of a revolution, but a godhead, um, a living, uh, a living deity himself. Um, there's no other character that he could play in D and D than a paladin who channels the divine. Rebuttal. Batman is exactly what you think of when you think of somebody who forces your party to play lawful stupid. He does not bend, he does not break, he does not change his opinions. Paul Atreides cannot, can, can't change either because his prescient vision of the future merely crystallizes it into a series of, of, uh, of essentially worst-case scenarios. He has to pick exactly what he was always going to do from the beginning. His prescient vision removes the illusion of choice, and I think that the only way he could get around this and, and have some... some 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 time to just relax uh, would be to indulge in something uh, that uh, rolling dice. He knows what's going to come up, but he's doing it anyways. That's a that's something that is very hopeful. I feel like I can take this argument and we can simplify it a little bit real quick and find a definitive winner pretty quickly. Like the fact that Batman's a fucking rogue. <laughs> He literally sneak attacks constantly. <laughs> he hides. He jumps off shit. He's an urban ranger rogue. Maybe some scout. And definitely not a paladin at all. He's he's lawful stupid. But he's not a... 
there's nothing about him that makes me think paladin. He hides, he wears dark. Paladins are about shining, about being a bright force, about guiding humanity, and that's literally what Paul Atreides does. <laughs> but we're also saying, what does he play, not what is he? Because Do nothing you think else feels right. I don't. I think Batman sees himself as a paladin. That's exactly. Batman doesn't see himself as a paladin, and that's why Paul Atreides wins. Okay. That's going to be a nightmare to edit. It is going to be a nightmare to edit, but I'm going to find it. Chris gets the point. All right. All right. This has been a very bad game for me. <laughs> so, you're, I, gonna, you're tied with me, one. And two, I mean, it's superheroes. We expected Chris to run away with it. All right. What's next? The tiebreaker criteria. Reaching into the box of Jack Kirby's stolen ideas. Your hero is going through a breakup. Sad emoji. Who handles it better? Yes, sir. Chris, you start. Um, I think that there's one ironclad way to get over something um, faster. And that's if you know it's coming. And Paul Atreides knew that everything was coming. Um, he knew every step along the golden path. So he saw when his beloved Chani would be taken from him. And he also knew that he would have very little time to get over that because the universe needed somebody to guide them along that golden path. This episode is going to be completely inaccessible to people who don't know Dune and wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's our core demographic, Ben. <laughs> so what is one true constant about Batman? He's always got a plan. He's always got plans on plans on plans. He he has a plan for what happens if you break up with him at the beginning of the date, the middle of the date, or the end of the date. And if he feels like he needs to, he's got seven different plans to win you back. Batman does not feel set back by being dumped. He just moves on to the next part of his plan. He is already prepared. And you know what? Maybe he takes it a little hard. What does da Batman do when he takes something a little hard? He just goes and fights some more crime a little bit harder than he was doing it before. So he punches some goons a little bit more and then shows up at your house with a dozen roses and wins you back. And that's a perfectly healthy way to get over a breakup. We're not saying healthy, <laughs> but he does it better because he's got a plan. I would say that when it comes to women... That might be the one area that Batman rarely sees things coming. <laughs> he has a blind spot a mile wide when it comes to women. Um, Talia al Ghul had a son with him that he didn't really <laughs> see coming. Um, I, I could go into like issue by issue, um, but Batman uh, has a blind spot and it's for the women that he cares about because at his heart, he is a deeply conflicted person who doesn't believe that he can care about people without getting them hurt. And I think that getting broken up with is only going to sell that idea to yourself even harder. Batman gets broken up with once. He swears off dating. The question is, who handles the breakup better? On the grounds that Batman has a plan to deal with the breakup at any point it comes... And Paul Atreides doesn't handle it because he doesn't need to. Well, he sees it coming and his plan is part of his prescient vision. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. He knows he's 
he doesn't have to handle it because he's already experienced it and everything before and after. Um, so I guess based off your argument, he doesn't handle it rather than him handling it better than anyone. It's kind of like a null. Well, I mean, he really only have ever had like one true love, you know, mm-hmm. like the princess Irulan, um, uh, the daughter of the Padishah Emperor. <laughs> okay, I'm no, going um, to no, stop you no. with a question real quick, because you are more familiar with the source than I am, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to do research on this right now. Okay. Um, I have the book. I know you've got, well, there's many books, and at any point in the thousand-year golden path that Paul Atreides goes down. Well, he sets us upon it, yes. Leto, it, does, Leto, Leto II takes us. Does he, does he still mourn the loss of his beloved long after her death? Is there even just a passing moment of, man, I wish my girl was here? Who wouldn't? Batman. Cause Batman, because he gets over girls like crazy. <laughs> I think this question got real turned in on itself. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree. Point goes to Batman. <laughs> ben, with a non-decisive victory, gets two points, and Chris gets one. That's fine. Paul Atreides knew that that was going to happen. <laughs> All right, so now next, it's YouTube. Next up is Jafar versus Chris. All right. I have first pick, but let's see the criteria first. Okay, let's see what you found. Okay. Which hero is more likely to appear in a tabloid expose and why? And second question. Which hero would give a better job interview? Jafar? I'm going to take Deadpool. I'm going to take Batgirl. Babs. Barbara Gordon. All right. Honestly surprised. I would have picked Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim does not ace the job interview. Neither does Deadpool. We're both going to have to make creative arguments. Yeah. Oh, boy. I do not want to be that interviewer. All right. So. It's. To, I start. Yep. Yeah, to I, you first. So, so, Jafar, tell me about that Deadpool uh, tabloid. All over the front page of the Inquirer, the Globe, every dirty rag around the world. Betty White has sex with Deadpool and dies. Oh, was this like, um, was it an accident? It's a fucking tragedy, I can tell you that much. It is a horrible tragedy did he do it on purpose the fourth wall is so flimsy in deadpool stories that i don't know if this is real or not i'm sure ryan reynolds has an answer for that question ryan reynolds ryan reynolds ryan reynolds ryan reynolds mountain dude <laughs> i mean um <laughs> what's up uh, black and white and red all over deadpool on the cover of the national Enquirer. <laughs> touches <laughs> all right chris Formerly paralyzed daughter of police commissioner spotted in a martial arts tournament in China. That's the headline. I feel like that's more HuffPo. Like, I want, like, when you're looking at a tabloid, I feel like it's got to be something you that you know isn't real when you look at it. And... I don't think that dead daughter of police commissioner spotted in China 
is quite up to Batboy standards. And for the record, I don't mean Batman Batboy. I mean we, that, you mean Batboy. I mean Batboy. Which I am I'm personally disappointed it wasn't Batboy New Bow Batgirl. <laughs> that said, was that your rebuttal, Jafar? Yes. Alright. This is tricky because I feel like Barbara Gordon being at a secret martial arts tournament is local news. That nobody outside of Gotham cares about what their police commissioner's daughter is doing. The other hand, the death of Betty White is national news. The, the reported death of Betty White. Not, not the actual death of Betty White. I'm giving this one to Deadpool. That's fair. All right. Okay. Now this one, I have a feeling I know which way this one's going to go. Which one would give a better job interview? Chris. (laughs) Barbara Gordon has a genius level intellect. She has formerly worked as a librarian um, and ran for Congress. Uh, She's got an excellent resume. Um, She's got references from a number of people um, in pretty much any field. Um, uh, perhaps uh, she needs a reference from a, uh, a figure in industry. Um, that would be Lucius Fox. Um, maybe she needs a, uh, you know, a helping hand from a, a friendly reporter at, uh, at the Daily Planet. Clark Kent. All right. Jafar, try to make me sit through a Deadpool interview. <laughs> Listen, Deadpool walks in to a job interview. The only job interview Deadpool is going to take is for assassinations, right? You got to remember where you're going. And so Deadpool is going to walk in there with his job interview for an assassination. He's got his street cred. He's got all of his weapons. He walks in with his swords, his AK, the magazine with him fucking Betty White to death. Barbara Gordon has it. Wow. There's no way. Have you seen the man? (laughs) I was going to say, my rebuttal was going to be, yeah, but he smells an awful lot like burritos. (laughs) Chimichangas. Thank you. I just wanted to hear you guys say it in in unison, and you did. (laughs) Yeah, that was actually kind of haunting. Uh. (laughs) It's okay. I will... I know when I've been beat. Actually, I almost never know when I've been beat, and that's how bad this is. Also, I believe Deadpool has... Uh, applied and failed to get into S.H.I.E.L.D. many, many times. <laughs> All right. He makes so, it into Xavier School at one he's, point. He's a people person, but he doesn't stick the landing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For the tiebreaker. <laughs> Which hero would best survive a 12-hour Black Friday shift at Best Buy? Jafar. You can't kill Deadpool. And the question only says, who is going to survive? It makes no mention of the survival of the Black Friday customers. Deadpool is the only man left standing in that bitch after 15 minutes. Okay, so to be clear, I'm not going to pit Batgirl in a killing innocent persons um, contest against Deadpool. I wouldn't expect you to. Um... Um, so we're going to take it from a couple of different levels. Let's say that Batgirl is on the sales floor. 
um, oh, what's on sale? Uh, well, it's this exact list of items. Um, Batgirl has photographic memory, so she knows every item that's on sale. She knows the price of it. Um, she knows exactly how much they have in stock. Um, if she needs to check for an update, she's a masterful hacker, so she can probably check it on, like, a flat-screen television. Um, and uh, barring all that, um, let's say that uh, she's just really not feeling it. Um, who's that first in line who, who paid somebody to take their place? Why, it's billionaire playboy Bruce Wayne come to buy the whole store. <laughs> I rest my case. I, I'm going to offer you a rebuttal, Jafar? I would say that Deadpool's weakness in this situation is going to be the same as Batgirl's. And that things are going to be chaotic and unorganized, and that is going to bother them both. Batgirl is going to attempt to combat this by being extremely prepared, which she will be, uh, by knowing everything that she can about the situation, which she can be, but what she can't be is everywhere at once fixing the shelves as throngs of people make their way through the store and demolish it in the retail hellscape of Black Friday that we have all been firsthand witness to. Deadpool just kills everyone, and the store is... Well, spotless isn't the right word, but everything's in the right place. It's a particularly Black Friday. <laughs> um... <laughs> I'm just going to say, I believe you, Deadpool would kill everybody, and then he would have a complete mental breakdown because he realizes he works on mostly entire, uh, he works almost entirely on commission. I'm giving this one to Batgirl, Barbara Gordon. Woohoo! <laughs> Chris wins a non-decisive victory and gets two points. All right, final showdown, end of round two. So, we find ourselves in an interesting position. Uh, Chris is at eight points and has secured himself a place in the final right now. Ben is at four points, and I am at three. If Ben wins a decisive victory or a victory, he will go on to the finals. If I win a victory, we will tie. Because I will get two points, and he will get one, and we will both be at five. And then we see... The coin. The coin. If I want have to a say it. Victory, <laughs> then I go to the finals. So it all comes down to this. All right. All right. Well, let's uh, reach into that that big um, exploitive bag of uh, ideas. Our first question is: Which hero would make the best Netflix show? And our second question is. Which superhero would make the worst CW show? Yes, this was my dream. <laughs> I wrote both these questions. Ah, oh, this is I I I'm so happy right now. I don't care if I win. <laughs> That's good cuz this is a tough. I've got the right answer. You do? You also have the first pick. Big B Wolf from Fables. Okay. Luke Skywalker. Okay. All right. Um, which hero would make the best Netflix show? Okay. Um, I'm just going to say this. We're recording this all, of course, in 2007. 
So this is totally uncharted territory, you know, like, uh, I mean, people, people, Netflix doesn't exist because it's 2007. I don't think fables has been written. Um, (laughs) Luke Skywalker is only in three movies. Mm hmm. Yep. Okay. Let's look at four. Yeah. When did uh, Revenge of the Sith come out? Oh, yeah. He's like a Bobby for like three seconds. He's a, he's a Bobby. Oh, I did a Bobby. Okay. <laughs> Wait, that, that pronunciation is a little weird. Bobby? Bobby? He's a Bobby. He's a Bobby. Throw, throw another shrimp on the Bobby. <laughs> I mean, babies can't eat shrimp. That explains why Luke always had a distaste for seafood from that day forward. Okay. Um, first off, which hero would make the best Netflix show? All right. So, I don't know if you guys have read Fables. It is violent. It is sexy and it is, it does not pull its punches on language or content. It is only going to be something that can be made on something like Netflix or HBO Showtime. That is where it is in its wheelhouse, where you can see the aftermath of, of uh, Rose Red's apparent murder and uh, Bigby walking through a lake of blood to f- find the clues. It is the only place where you can uh, show something with the long form storytelling to tell the stories of the crimes Bigby is solving and the ongoing war between Fable Town and the adversary. It is the only place where we can have the. Uh, the production to know long-term and to bingeably drop chunks of story just like a comic where you get it and you can watch it just like they're doing right now where you're not waiting week to week because you are telling a 10-hour story. You are not telling 10 one-hour stories. All right. Jafar? Netflix is a great place to go when you want to tell a variation of something that's established. Every comics adaption of Netflix follows this, this format. Um, It is something that we are kind of familiar with and they take beats from a couple established stories and kind of make them one own thing. Uh, One thing we have not seen Netflix do at least to my knowledge offhand, is a pure comics adaption. I can't think of one offhand that is just a straight-up scene-for-scene, like the first three quarters of Watchmen style. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. Much like Ben was proposing, just doing the Fable story. Um, My elevator pitch for the Luke Skywalker Netflix show Mm -hmm. is like Punisher but set after Return of the Jedi, and we've got interstitials of Luke reading and learning about the Jedi path, because he is now a Jedi Knight. Uh, We have him trying to find his place in the greater galaxy, but kind of being alone in that regard, because he's the only one who is what he is. And then cut that with scenes of violence and him coming down and taking out Empire Remnants. 
I would watch the shit out of that show. Okay. Ben, rebuttal? To be fair, I don't disagree with you. I would love that show. But who plays Luke Skywalker? In this time frame? Do I, do I, what, what are my criteria? Do I have to pick someone this, today? This is, this is being made right now. Mark Hamill. Just, you use, you don't do that CGI shit. You just <laughs> make up DH him maybe five, ten years and set it right before Force Awakens. You're, you're, you're asking. This is, this is being recorded before Last Jedi comes out. And I know that it will be released yeah. after Last Jedi comes out. So there's a decent chance that that story will get screwed. All right. So, but we right now in Podland exist in a world where that is not true. Okay. You're, so you're full, asking full, full for full a, a thirty year <laughs> suspension of disbelief. I love Mark Hamill. I don't believe that he would be cast, and he should be. But I also believe that a you post me who would be cast. You ask me who would I cast? Yeah, and I'm saying you casting him. It doesn't. It doesn't fit into that return of post Return of the Jedi. Uh, who Luke is? He 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 is Luke now. He is not Luke from uh, the eighties. I would agree with that, but that's not what I'm suggesting. I'm saying you said it. You know, you only DH him like five years, and if you're suggesting that the man who played the Joker and basically defined that role for a generation isn't capable of playing a multifaceted character even at this advanced age then I sir am offended. That is not what I'm yeah. saying. I'm saying he is he is aged out of playing 5 years after Return of the Jedi Luke Skywalker. Uh, no no, 5 years before Force Awakens. Let, yeah, let's let's start back is, on. Is that that's the okay. best time I, for I'm misunderstood. Sorry. Let, let's start back on some neutral grounds. So you're you're proposing a essentially a prequel series to the newest um at the time of this podcast released uh, two deep trilogy, one deep trilogy at the time of this release. Yeah, no, at the time of at the time of the recording. Oh, oh, at the time of recording, one deep. At the time of release, two deep. Man, we should Sorry. not have recorded this inside the TARDIS. <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, two thousand and seven. It's two thousand seven. Um, yeah, I guess my my <laughs> my big rebuttal here. We have seen what uh, Netflix can do with a comic book story. We've seen what they can do with larger-than-life stories that span uh, New York City and then the farm upstate and then the fantastical world of the fables. I think that that would be a complete blockbuster success without having all the added strings of dealing with Lucasfilm and Disney. <clears throat> I'm gonna go with um, before we do that um, I do have an alternate casting uh, I don't know if we want to no no but, you know there was some confusion about the time frame of the story yeah um, that that I would I just want to say that if we're gonna do it five years after return of the Jedi yeah. Sebastian Shaw oh yeah okay I can I could I can see that. He plays the Winter Soldier. I, I know oh, okay. who he is. You, yeah. you looked a little... I was sure. Okay. I, I just... I have an, a natural prejudice against Sebastian Shaw just because I know so many people who fangirled so hard over Sebastian Shaw that it made them not pay attention to my criticisms of uh, uh, Captain America Civil War. Mm -hmm. uh, and <laughs> so that is a personal beef of mine. Yeah. I mean, and 
Disney, just to rebuttal your last point very quickly, Disney might be hard to work with, uh, but Time Warner is not exactly the most friendly kid on the block. Yeah, we're not going to get into the yeah, pr- production I, I, dynamics of yeah, all of that's... this. Um, I mean, ultimately, I think that I have to give this to the show that I would best want to see on Netflix. Um and putting myself in the the time frame of both uh like a superimposed time frame i'm simultaneously here in 2007 and also in 2018 when this podcast will be released um i think so weird joke man. i think i think i think yeah yeah <laughs> i've seen uh i've seen at this point three star wars films um, I have not seen a single interpretation of uh, Fables, uh, and so I think I'm going to go with Fables. I think it's ripe, uh, just as Ben said. I said, love a Star Wars TV show. Uh, I got real hyped, was it, in 2007 or eight when they were saying they were going to make one? Yeah, well, they're, ma- they're making one now. Oh, That's yes. happening. Oh. Disney's starting its own streaming service, and there's going to be a streaming Star Wars TV show in mm-hmm. about two years. Yeah, uh. that was a background point, but I was like, I didn't want to bring it up because it seemed like, well, yeah. mine's fucking happening. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. Um, well, but also just like Disney would never let Netflix have that. <laughs> well, no, they're pulling yeah. all their shit for their own streams. Which is bullpucky. <laughs> all right. I mean, I Agreed. think, I think the, we can speak to the soul of both of these questions very quickly by saying that it's a Netflix style show, not a show on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, the, sure. in a Netflix show and a show on Netflix are different things. Yeah. yeah Agreed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. And that applies, of course, for... Which would make the worst CW show? All right, Jafar, you're first. All right, I want you to imagine my favorite. I've got a handful of favorite shitty CW tropes. I want you to imagine my exact same pitch from Netflix, mm-hmm. only we're going to take Mark Hamill current day <laughs> and do it five years after Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Um, we're going to put him in a shitty wig. Oh, no. And we're going to kill off Mara Jade every season. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be okay with it because it means we get Mara Jade every season. Um, Now. Wait, who is that? Mara Jade is the... Luke Skywalker's wife. Luke Skywalker's wife. I don't... The now Legends canon. I was gonna. Yeah, you just ruined my. my job. I don't remember her in any of the Lucasfilm approved books. <laughs> <laughs> she might be in there. I don't know. I don't read those books. She's not. She's yet. probably still Legends. Yeah. Yeah, she's just, still Legends. Just like good old Jaina and Jason Solo. But we got Ben. We did get Ben. We got Ben. It's not the Ben we expected, and he's in the wrong family tree. <laughs> but yeah. he's still in the right overall family tree, and it's just not what we were really expecting. Okay. Yeah. So. Now for the for uh, a for, t- for a take from the Ben that we did want. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not forcing you to accept that. <laughs> so we have what would be a a bad version of Fables already. It's called Once Upon a Time, which I believe everybody agrees started off interesting and has gone decidedly downhill. Now transpose it from ABC. To the CW, cut the the budget by a ridiculous amount, and lose the name recognition of any uh, 
Disney owned property. And so we're just dealing with uh, public domain uh, uh, fairy tale characters without any of their uh, Disney representations with weird love triangles, no violence, and no swearing. I think a good way to look at this is to look at what we makes a good CW show. Uh, appropriate aged actors. Natural hair. <laughs> well, there's been a lot of unnatural hair on the CW. I'm aware. Uh, we look for a strong season arc villain that doesn't repeat itself as opposed to the faceless throngs of the Empire that will constantly be coming for Luke Skywalker. And we look for interesting relationships between the main heroic characters, and Luke Skywalker is a loner, as we've established, according to The Force Awakens at this point. Uh, so it'd be the worst. It would just be a miserable hour of television. And I just want you, if I, if I could leave you with one last image before Ben gets his rebuttal, is current age Mark Hamill wearing a wig down to his shoulders, walking through a waterfall oh. and flicking it back, flicking his hair back. Oh, God. Flat. Oh, okay. My rebuttal here? Yes. Uh, the main two shows we're basing this, this uh, discussion on are Arrow, and Flash. Mark Hamill has been on Flash, and he's been fantastic. I do not doubt the man's ability to sell on a CW show. He's done it and repeated it, and he's been fantastic. Playing? No, no, hold on. No. Okay, <laughs> we're 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 all we're all we're on the second rebuttal. You don't get a third rebuttal. <laughs> <laughs> you are both rebuttaled out. I have one question, Ben. Yes. In general terms, please describe to me the storyline of Fable again. Okay, so it is uh, all the fairy tale characters, well, most of the fairy tale, fairy tale characters we know, living in modern day New York City. The less human ones, like the three little pigs and the uh, bears and such, are up at a fa at a farm upstate. Okay. But once you hit a certain point, most of the story starts taking place in the fantastical world of fairy tales and you have a show without the budget to take place in a land of giant beanstalks and giants ben i think that you you're describing to me a show that if i wasn't certain of the title i wouldn't know wasn't already on the cw and doing well <laughs> i do not want to see mark hamill in a wig going through that waterfall <laughs> mark hamill I'm just going to say it. Mark Hamill was not great looking as a young dude. I, I, I never understood his leading man status anyways. Um, he got into a car accident. Yeah, it was, it's a thing. <laughs> All right, so it goes to, uh, to Jafar, which I think takes us into, regardless of either person winning, you both go to a tiebreaker? No, if no. Ben wins this, then we, have, we don't go to a tiebreaker. If I win this, we go to a tiebreaker. All right. In my river rat status, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm just happy those two got drawn together. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad that happened for you. I'm personally, I'm happy for you right now. I am sad I had to listen to that pitch for a show. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, just the hair flick. <laughs> All right. 
And our... Oh no, we've made it when someone makes that gift for us. <laughs> yeah, you gave... Instead of giving us Sebastian Shaw as Luke Skywalker, you gave us Luke Skywalker with Sebastian Shaw hair. <laughs> All right. Sorry, Chris. God, this is a carnival of horrors. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our third and final question. Which hero would you most want to hang out with? Ben, you're first. Okay. So, Bigby Wolf, sheriff of Fable Town, solving crimes, helping run a city of characters you've been hearing about since you were a little kid. Everybody from, you know, the Brothers Grimm, everybody from, uh, you know, the Disney shows, they're all in this fantastical place. And, uh, they live a mundane enough life to be relatable, but they also have centuries upon centuries of stories and history and are in the middle of exciting and wonderful things happening where they're, you know, trying to retake their homeland and they're trying to, you know, solve uh, the issues that come from people who shouldn't like each other having to live in uh intimate and close proximity. It would never be a dull moment. It would always have something new going on. And what kind of stories do you think the big bad wolf could tell? Cause I want to listen to those. This one time I huffed and I puffed. <laughs> All right, Jafar. It sounds like a lot of commotion over there. Adventure. Excitement. A Jedi craves not these things. <laughs> Listen, you're looking for someone to hang out with. Right? That's the question. Hang out with. Yeah. Ben talked for a while. Um, <laughs> if you want to Netflix and chill and actually just chill, you call up Luke Skywalker. He is very laid back. He's very relaxed. If you want to go on some zany adventure, non-stop, constantly yelling and screaming and moving and fussing, you go with Bigby over there. But if you want to be able to just, like, hang out, talk about stuff you like, meditate on some rocks, go for a hike, Luke Skywalker's your guy. Especially if you don't mind being in a backpack strapped to him. Oh my god! <laughs> I want to be in Luke Skywalker's backpack. I didn't know that about myself until right now. We all do. <sighs> ben, rebuttal. Oh, uh, by, by the way, we're calling it right now. Daisy Ridley riding in Luke Skywalker's backpack. That's going to happen, right? Oh, boy. I hope so. That'd be sweet. Be sweet. <laughs> ben, rebuttal. Uh, no, because he's training her, so Mark Hamill would be in Daisy Ridley's backpack. Even better. Oh, my God. <laughs> This new, um, this new Star Wars film, I just loved seeing it a couple of months ago. Uh. Yeah. Um, so, uh, adventure, a Jedi craves not these things, but a Ben in his basement does. Um, <laughs> I'm here recording a podcast. If, if as much as I like you guys, if I had the option to go on an adventure, I would. Um, I'm just saying, I think it would be way, way more fun to hang out with Big B Wolf. So my, my, my options here are to 
<clears throat> hang out with the sheriff of Fairy Tale Town. Um, hear all of his sweet stories. Probably don't do anything um, illicit around him, right? Because he's a sheriff. Um, we can't eat bacon, right? I'd imagine that's part of some some truce between the fairy tale creatures. I won't get into it. There is that. Uh, I don't believe it would be a problem. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, my second option is to crawl into Luke Skywalker's backpack. Maybe eat some of those emergency rations from the X-Wing that I've been wanting to eat my entire life. Yoda spat those out instantly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm let, him, let him make his case. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm climbing into the backpack. And I never want to come out again. All right, that is a non-decisive victory for me, which puts Chris at eight, Ben and Jaffer at five. Once again, gentlemen, we are down to the coin. The coin. coin. This wasn't supposed to happen. (laughs) It wasn't. We thought it was a very unlikely thing. Um, We picked a really ridiculous coin. Um, Yeah. Don't, uh, don't don't hurt yourself, Ben. Yeah, please. For, for those who forgot, it is a uh, 1976 uh, bicentennial Eisenhower silver dollar. Okay. Ben had lower draft pick, so he gets the opportunity to call it in the air. I believe I will do the flipping this time to be an impartial party. Um, wow, that is hefty. Yes. All right. Let's stow that box of stolen characters. All right. Are you ready? I am ready. May the coin decide. Tails. It's heads. It is heads. All right. All right. And that means that Jafer comes to the finals. With me. All right. I need I need the box. I don't know which one of us is going to wear the backpack, though. Um. No, no one's wearing the backpack. I was told there would be a backpack. There's no backpack. It was all a ruse. Oh, damn it. You fell, you fell for Jafar's clever ruse. He's just a bitter man. Don't worry about him. Okay. All right. So your two criteria for this final showdown. Oh, wait. Can we cue some, some, uh, some like, like Italian Western? Like... I don't know if we could have drawn anything better for this final showdown. Criteria one. It is a Universal Superhero Association talent show, and your heroes are competing for best cover song. What song do they play? And question number two. Who would win in a fight? Sudden. No preparation greater than five minutes. Neutral arena slash battleground. (laughs) Jesus, are we on... (laughs) We had a local radio channel now? Okay. All right. So, Chris, you draft first. I'm heading back to the top of the batting order. I'm sending in my boy Nightwing. All right. Jafar. With By the way, with all apologies to Scott Pilgrim, who probably would have covered all apologies. <laughs> <laughs> he would. He would. Actually, all apologies might be a little bit too mainstream for him. That's fair. Uh, he, he he probably would have covered Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> yeah, some like back B side. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I just wanted to throw a shout out because I really wanted to throw Scott Pilgrim in, and I'm not going to get a chance. I know Scott Pilgrim. 
Yeah. Such a good pick. A moment of silence. Scott Pilgrim, unused. Squirrel Girl, unused. Yeah. Yeah. Forever in our hearts. Um. Well, if I'm going to go up against knockoff Batman, I have to go with knockoff Superman, John Cena. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. It is a Universal Superhero Association talent show, and your heroes are competing for best cover song. What song and who wins? All right. So we're broadcasting remotely live from Bloodhaven. I want to set the scene. There's a disco ball up on the ceiling and it's turning. The silver lights are spinning around and all of a sudden, what's that? The disco ball shatters. It's dark. And then a single spotlight. And now all the points of silver light on the walls around the room are golden. It's coming, reflecting off of Disco Nightwing. The band kicks up and he starts singing. Well, you can tell by the way I use my walk. I'm a woman's man, no time to talk. Music loud, women warm. Been kicked around since I was born. It's all right. It's okay. You can look the other way. We are so getting sued over this. I'm <laughs> sorry, I can't. Um, you feel the city breaking. I was everybody and everybody's shaking. And we're staying alive. We're staying alive. He, as he sings, his, his golden... His golden costume. If you don't know this costume, gotta look it up. It's real. I'm not making it up. His Nightwing costume with golden like, scales. Like 80s era Teen Titans Nightwing costume. Oh my god. Like Judas Contract. <laughs> it's so bad. He's singing the Bee Gees, Staying Alive. Live from Bloodhaven. Nightwing. Alright, Jafar. What is John Cena singing? This isn't just karaoke. This is a talent show. And John Cena is a talented man. John Cena, wearing a tux, rolls out a piano and plays the Pixies' Where Is My Mind. He breaks it down to four chords, rocks it out, and lets it belt. And for Ben, who's looking at me like this is kind of ridiculous, this is a real thing that you can watch on YouTube. If we need if we need to have a copyright break so that you can see it, we will. If you haven't seen it, uh, it is it is definitely worth seeing. All right, Chris, rebuttal. Um, I mean, you could have seen that, but you 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 didn't turn the TV on that night. You were out shopping. And simultaneously, at the same time of the broadcast, you got mugged. What happened? Nightwing swung in from the above and saved you. It was Alfred the whole time on TV. I feel like I've got my answer because I've judged a few talent shows. I've competed in a few talent shows. And as much as I would love to see that bright, sparkling disco duck I'm I'm voting for the guy who actually showed up. I'm voting for the guy who's on the stage. Not the guy who's teleconferencing in. So John Cena gets my vote. All right. All right. Second. Criteria two. Don't worry, I think you can get I think you can get this one back. It's just I'm like my rebuttal lost me that? Second. No, your first point where it's uh streaming in from, from Bloodhaven. Oh, okay. 
You're, you lost it on your very first sentence. Was this? It's the the city that's referenced in the lyrics. I know. Okay. But but the talent show is not in Bloodhaven. We did not. We did not establish that. <laughs> <laughs> he made no mention of whether John Cena was coming at you live from from WrestleMania. He could have done that. That would have been good PR. That's not John Cena's style. John Cena's where he's supposed to be when he wants to be. In front of the crowd. Uh, and he wanted to be at that talent show. Let's, let's not belabor the point. <laughs> right. Okay. Criteria two. Who would win in a fight? No prep. Neutral location. Jafar? Ben? You are more familiar with wrestling than Chris? Yes. So I will ask you to tell me what John Cena's shirt says. Never give up? That is correct. Never give up. If John Cena has had one constant in his career, it's you can't see me. But if he has had two constants in his career, <laughs> it is never give up. And sure, Nightwing has been trained by Batman. John Cena was trained by Chris Daniels and Fit Finley, which is not other wrestlers. Other wrestlers. Uh, that is not slouching. Okay. Uh, I, I, I'm willing to believe you on that one. Okay. Um, Fit, Fit Finley is the guy voted most likely to be very scary in a dark alley right after Ken Shamrock. Never, You never want to run into Ken Shamrock in a dark alley. <laughs> I don't after want to run that, into Ken Shamrock in a brightly lit alley. <laughs> after that, though, Fit Finley is where, a very... Where was the voting for all of this? <laughs> 538? You don't? Okay, that's fine. Um, John Cena has a track record for winning. Um, with his 19 World Heavyweight titles, 16 recognized by the WWE, even though two were in OVW, which they should totally count. Uh, I'm going to look to one of John Cena's weaknesses right now in a moment of admittance. John Cena's biggest weakness is Ric Flair's title record. Is the one thing that consistently will hold him back from winning. As long as Nightwing doesn't have a belt, John Cena's walking out of the champ. And on the off chance, Nightwing runs into Brock Lesnar or AJ Styles, <laughs> which Nightwing might be AJ Styles. I was gonna. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I would believe that. And if they make a movie, they need to make like an older Nightwing movie. They've got the whole DCEU thing where Batman's old right now. They could totally get away with an old Nightwing movie. And if they don't cast AJ, I'm getting on a tangent. <laughs> All right. Anyways, Ric Flair set a record. Ric Flair himself says, I'm a big fan of John, both personally and professionally. I'd be happy if he broke my record. And then off the record, he also admits that he has 23 word titles, so he doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> okay. Chris. <clears throat> I mean, you're going to talk about the belt. John Cena is constantly, he's constantly contending for belts after belt. Those belts, they don't do anything. Nightwing has had the belt that he needs since he was Robin. He's got the utility belt with all the gadgets. That is preparation on a belt on his person at all times. Um, he doesn't need the five minutes uh, preparation because all of those years of training went into what's available on his person. And if the fight goes longer than five minutes, 
John Cena should be looking at the skyline because Nightwing has his friends coming. Team Rebuttal? I believe the question was which hero wins in a fight? Uh, so we're not asking for who's got the better posse. Uh, Nightwing, yeah. Oh yeah, you call him Batman. Oh yeah, Batman and Nightwing beat up John Cena. Oh, good job, guys. You outnumbered him. Congratulations. Even though John Cena does have a completely winning record, and I can pull some statistics on this. Please don't. Uh, you answered in, you when he's outnumbered, uh, just to be clear. Uh, you answered this question earlier. Um, John Cena puts in an awful lot of time in wrestling. He does? Yeah. How many minutes of preparation do you think go into every wrestling match? Um, at John Cena's level? Depending on who he's working with and their level, that being the biggest limiting factor, they're almost entirely improvised. He will get told the outcome before he walks out. Hashtag kayfabe ruined forever. Um, <laughs> a lot of pro wrestlers do call their matches on the fly. And you can that actually, is a real thing. You, uh, John Cena's very good at it. Um, has, a, has a strong reputation in the locker room for being one of the better improvisers. John Cena has been in the ring with a ton of pretty dangerous folk. He's he's won. He's got a, a winning record, right? Mm-hmm. He's been winning those belts. Nightwing, from the beginning, has been playing in a much larger and dangerous ring. Um, and, you know, you can have your Brock Lesnar, but Brock Lesnar doesn't beat Bane. You can have your Macho Man Randy Savage, but he's not going to beat the Joker. I'm not, I'm not making equivalencies here. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if you'd like to suggest some wrestlers, I can pair up. I, I'm just really enjoying the thought of Macho Man and Joker going at it right now. <laughs> like, fake gun goes off and Macho Man's like dodging it. Oh yeah! Just like, cream rises to the top as he punches him in the face. <laughs> like, I'm just, sorry, like, there's a part of like, 14 year old me right now <laughs> that is reveling in a joy I didn't know possible at this age. <laughs> Ooh, Mega Powers take on the Batman villains. Uh, <laughs> They've kidnapped Miss Elizabeth. Oh no, no, Miss Elizabeth! Oh, we are. This is <laughs> this is much, a little granular. Okay. Much. Yep. Anyway, Chris. Yeah. Um, Nightwing is just—he's always playing for higher stakes than John Cena, and he's always doing it with less preparation. Unless by preparation you mean years and years of training, in which case they're both on this a similar kind of playing field. But Nightwing is better. Okay, you guys both brought up some good points. John Cena trained by some some legends. Nightwing trained by Batman. John Cena knows where his matches are going to be. Nightwing doesn't. And John Cena isn't used to fighting for keeps. Nightwing knows that if he loses, he dies. I'm giving it to Nightwing. All right, so congratulations, Chris. That's that's. I won the tie. No, we're tied now. We're tied now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sorry. Re- real quick, you got to get a different host when you do wrestling. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> okay, so we are now tied one and one. We are taking it to the tie break, and the question is, which hero would deliver the best speech to the UN? Which of us is going first? You do. Chris, you go first. 
Nightwing has a couple of things working for him in this situation. Um, first and foremost, he is himself genius level intellect. That's not really that uncommon amongst Batman's sidekicks, uh, you know, uh, former and active sidekicks. Sidekicks. Um, he's also got Alfred's training from a very young age, uh, both in classic rhetoric and debate and in acting and how to connect with people on an emotional level and deliver a performance. He has experience uh, and he has a friend to, uh, to bounce his ideas off before he heads in there. He's going to check in with Barbara Gordon who ran for Congress. Um, he's going to walk into the UN as essentially the anointed heir of Batman one of humanity's greatest defenders. And when he walks into a room, people are going to take him seriously. All right. Mm-hmm. Jafar? Patriotism. There's a word that's thrown around a lot. It inspires passionate debate. It's worn like a badge of honor and with good reason, because it means love and devotion for one's country. Love? For a word designed to unite, it can also be pretty divisive. See, there's more to patriotism than flag-sequined onesies and rodeos and quadruple cheeseburgers. Patriotism is love for a country, not just pride in it. But what really makes up this country of ours? What is it we love? It's more than just a huge rock full of animals like cougars and eagles, right? It's the people. Do me a favor. Close your eyes for a second. I want to try something out. Picture the average U.S. citizen. Think about it. How old are they? What's their hair like? How much can they bench? You got one? Okay. So chances are, the person you're picturing right now looks a little different than the real average American. There are 319 million United States citizens. 51% are female. So first off, average American is a woman. Cool, huh? Is that what you pictured? 54 million are Latinos, 40 million are senior citizens, 27 million are disabled, 18 million are Asian. That's more people in the US than play football or baseball combined. 9 million are lesbian, gay, bi, transgender, more than the entire amount of people that live in the state of Virginia. 10 million are redheads, 51 million play ultimate frisbee, and 3.5 million are Muslim, tripling the number of people currently serving in the United States military. Almost half the country belongs to minority groups, people who are lesbian, African-American, bi and transgender, Native American, and proud of it. We know that labels don't devalue us, they help define us. Keeping us dialed into our cultures and our beliefs is who we are, as Americans. After all, what's more American than freedom to celebrate the things that make us, us? I mean, it's stitched into the stars and stripes of this country, from the Constitution to Gettysburg to our motto, E Pluribus Unum, from many one. It's even our country's name, the United States. This year, patriotism shouldn't just be about pride of country. It should be about love. Love beyond age, disability, sexuality, race, religion, and any other labels. Because the second any of us judge people based on those labels, we're not really being patriotic, are we? So let's try this one more time. Close your eyes. Picture the average Joe or Joan or Juan or John Luke. 
the real people who make America, America. And this year, maybe when you feel the urge to don those star-spangled shorts and set off fireworks the size of my biceps and show love for our country, remember that, remember, remember that to love America is to love all Americans. Because love has no labels. John Cena. I remember that video. Uh, Chris, your rebuttal. Jafar, as your friend, I would take you over John Cena any day of the week. Oh, buddy, thanks. But we're not here to listen to you deliver a John Cena speech. And I can't speak for Nightwing because he's a fictional character. I hope you know that. And he hasn't written down any speeches to the Congress that I can think of. The UN? UN. And he hasn't written down any speeches to the UN that I can think of. But if he did, I probably wouldn't have read the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Brevity is the soul of wit. Thank you and good night. Okay, first point. Tad Rich hearing brevity be the soul of wit from the guy who talked about Dune for seven minutes. (laughs) Fair is fair. You outdid his bit, but okay. I love that speech. I love that YouTube video. I, I, I very much enjoyed it when he released it. I think my, my, uh, my turn here is you read a John Cena speech. You didn't tell me what he would talk about at the UN. That is an America speech. If he was in front of Congress, it would have been great. I believe Chris mentioned what uh, Nightwing would talk about to the UN. Is is talking about unifying people solely an American issue? Was that, did, I miss, did I miss the meaning of that? No, but he talks about stars and stripes, shorts, and setting off fireworks for the 4th of July. He frames a conversation around the 4th of July. Uh, fireworks the size of his biceps, I actually. Know. I really want to see those. Those. Are, those are good fireworks. <laughs> big old fireworks. Can we get a quick fact check in? How big are them guns? Um, I can... Well, <laughs> I'm surprised you don't have that written down in your we'll, notes. We'll put, we'll put, we'll put it in, we'll put it in, in post. boring statistics on my notes. Yeah, we'll put it in in post. Uh, Jafari will whisper it lovingly into a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to say Nightwing gives the better speech to the UN. Oh. Thank you. Excellently fought, sir. Well done. Well done. All right. Good game, everyone. So that finishes. Chris is our winner. Woohoo! Javer, uh, myself, I'm in second place, so I'll be able to pick next topic. And Ben is in third. Yep. So I get first pick next time. All right. I get to pick the topic for the next draft. All right. Drum roll. And I've got something in mind already. Give me that drum roll. No, we'll put it in post, guys. Come on. <laughs> 90s action films. Oh, yeah. Yep. All right. Everyone, this has been Draft the Universe. We'll see you again next time. Many thanks to the Kickstand Band for our theme song, How It Feels. Check them out at Bandcamp or wherever you find your music.
And if you have any suggestions for future criteria or uh, topics for us to debate, shoot us an email at drafttheuniverse at gmail.com. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at DraftTheVerse and join the discussion. Bye. Arthur dies while having sex with Deadpool. <laughs> okay. Wow, I'm gonna drop some mic. It's a fucking tragedy. Isn't B. Arthur dead? Yeah. She, yeah, she died. Hold on, hold on. Can I can I check some I'm gonna pause real quick. <laughs> Did you mean Betty White? I, I think I meant Betty White, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I got my Golden Girls mixed up. We can start from the top. Let's start from the top.